What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. I want to thank our amazing pastors, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory, for this opportunity to stand before you and share the word. But before I share the word, I want to share a little bit about our resurrection weekend. It is going to be explosive. There's been a lot of work going on in front of and behind the scenes. It is going to be epic. And right now, I'd like you to pay attention to the screens and the monitors for an important video about that time. to tear the roof off. It's time to celebrate. That's right. It's re well, get this right. It's resurrection weekend and we have to get this camera right and we got to tell everybody to come and celebrate with us. I'm telling you, this is a weekend you don't want to miss. I promise you that. We're going to start with a huge concert on Friday night. And do you want to know what artists we're going to have? I mean, do you really want to know? Watch this. Yeah! Grammy-nominated gospel sensation Corinne Hawthorne, hip-hop artist and music innovator Gavi, and just added American Idol star and inspirational artist Colton Dixon. Woo, man, Friday is going to be nuts, and it's just, that's just the beginning. Saturday morning, I need you to invite everybody that you can to come Saturday, April 3rd, to Saturday morning prayer, undefeated games, rides, and experiences for the entire family. I mean, can you feel it? Sunday morning, a resurrection Sunday on April 4th. I mean, we just got, I'm, no, I should, I'm, you know what? You just need to be here. Make sure you have your whole family connected for both of our services at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Look for more information on our social media outlets and on our website, linkedupchurch.com, and live undefeated. Amen, amen, amen. Isn't that exciting? Y'all don't sound excited. What about you folks online? If you're excited about our resurrection weekend, just go ahead and type in the chat. I'm excited. Listen, it's going to be an explosive weekend. In my words, it's going to be epic, and I'm encouraging all of you to make sure that you are here. Now, uh, the title of my message i like to share with you is Amazing Grace, Amazing Love. Amazing grace, amazing love. It's not one or the other, it is both. Let's have a look at our foundational text, which comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, and I'll be sharing from the Amplified Classic Version. <laughs> Amen. But by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effect. In fact, I work harder than all the other 
apostles, this is Paul talking. Though it was not I, but the grace, the immeasurable favor and blessing of God, which was with me. Amazing grace. You are covered by grace. You're covered by grace. And Paul said, it's not something that I have done. You know, I haven't been so great. He says, I've worked hard, but it really wasn't me working hard. It was what God had put in me. You are covered by grace. And grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Even though it costs you nothing, it costs God everything. God's amazing grace. Grace is basically a gift. It does not come from the result of you having done something special. It's not even about a grand occasion like Christmas or your birthday. Somebody's trying to recognize a special event. Grace is simply God loving you enough that he bestowed this wonderful gift to you. And all of us are recipients of God's grace. Whether you're good or bad in the sight of people, all of us have amazing grace. But notice that Paul did say, I didn't work for it. I did not work for it. So if you didn't have to work for it, how do you take credit for it? Hmm. Because some of us are thinking, no, I don't take credit for it. But how many of us go bragging about what we have done or what we have accomplished or what we have. Guess what? It's by God's grace. It's by God's grace. Everything that we obtain is by the grace of God. Let's have a look at Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 2 through 3 and the New King James Version. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace and the wilderness. Israel, when I went to give him rest, the Lord has appeared of old saying to me, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God's grace is God's love. God's grace is God's love. And this has been a tough season for everybody. A lot of people have gone through a lot of hard things. Some people have lost jobs. Some people have lost homes. And some people have even lost loved ones. And the list goes on and on. But grace doesn't disappear in the midst of tough times or hard times of trouble. It is still present. And if you go back to that passage in Jeremiah, if you're still there, it said they found grace in the wilderness. The wilderness, that's a tough spot to be in. It's barren, or it could be a position of disfavor when we talk about the wilderness. So maybe you feel like your back is against the wall. Maybe you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. But even when you are going through those difficult circumstances and situations, God's grace is still present. It doesn't change. God's grace is God's love. He said, I have drawn you with loving kindness. 
He didn't say, I've been beating you over the head about all of your faults and all of the things that you've done wrong. He said, I've drawn you with loving kindness. And even when you're going through tough times, you can still find grace in the midst of it if you look toward my love. I love you. Not only is his grace present, but it is also sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 in the Amplified Translation. But God, being so very, very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love, which he loved us. I want you to think about that says he was rich in mercy and his love for us is wonderful. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. The same new life which he quickened for him. It is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you have been saved from God's judgment. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. Let that settle in for a moment. God gave us his love. Jesus gave us his life. God gave us his love, and Jesus gave us his life. The word of God says, for God so loved that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him would not perish but have everlasting life. God gave us love. Jesus gave us his life. God's love toward us is Jesus. God's love, that's Jesus. So when you think that grace is missing for your life, ask yourself if you have Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have amazing grace. If you have Jesus, you have his amazing love. How many people do you know who would give up everything? Remember, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Somebody paid a price for that grace, and it was Jesus. God's love is amazing. God's grace is amazing. And if you think you don't have it, all you have to do is receive Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you receive God's love. You know, we think about all of the sins that people can commit and how we condemn people to hell. But at the end of the day, the people who go to hell are the ones who don't accept or receive God's love. And God's love is Jesus. Let's have a look as we continue in this passage of Ephesians verses 6 and 7 in the Amplified. And he raised us up together with him. 
when he when we believed he raised us up with him him who Jesus when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus so when we accepted Jesus then God immediately seated us in heavenly places with him with him with him he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, clearly, the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace. Free grace. His unmerited favor, his kindness and goodness of a heart toward us in Jesus Christ. That's what God did for us. God demonstrated his amazing grace and his amazing love toward us by giving us Jesus. And I want you to think about it. It says that it was free. And I have to keep harping on this because when something is free, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. So if it's free, there's nothing you can do to earn it. You know, and I thank God, you know, Minister Bernard, he sang that first stanza, you know, of Amazing Grace. We've all heard it. And there are times I didn't understand, you know, when my grandmother would say, thank God for keeping you from danger seen and unseen. All of us sitting in the worship center and those of us who are watching online, it was Amazing Grace. We weren't involved in an accident. We weren't robbed overnight. We have the activities of our limbs. We have our vocal cords that we can say hallelujah. But some of us would dare and sit in silence, rejecting or dismissing or taking lightly God's amazing grace, God's amazing love. It is amazing. Do you really understand how much God loves you? Do you really understand how much God loves you? He has already demonstrated his amazing grace and his amazing love. In that fourth stanza of that great hymn, Amazing Grace, it states, The Lord has promised good to me. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. God has promised us good. His word, it ought to secure us in the hope of good says his shield his shield that's protection and portion he will be it for us he's that portion of everything we need in life whether it's healing whether it's deliverance whether it's finances everything we need God has already granted us when he seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as long as
as you have breath in your body, you are experiencing God's amazing grace. When you accept Jesus, you get eternal life. That's amazing grace. That's amazing love. Because a lot of times we sit around and we're like, God, do something. God, do something. Anybody ever told God to do something? God, don't you see what I'm going through? Do something. You got to work it out. That's been me. If I could levitate, you know, not stand, then I'd give you all four limbs. That's been me. God, why don't you do something? But he already did. He gave us amazing grace and his amazing love through Jesus. And as that song said, he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. That means as long as I am on the planet, I have God's amazing grace. David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. And I don't know about you, but I've jacked up some things in my life and it felt like hell. I jacked it up. And then I wanted to run back to God because I dismissed the instructions that he had already given me. It said his word will be my shield and my portion, but I ignored it. I went my own way. Anybody online, can you identify doing your own thing, jacking up a situation, and then you want God? God, fix it. Can you fix it? Fix it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it. I don't know about any of you, but I lied. I said, God, if you get me out of this, I will never do this again. I said it. At the time, I thought I meant it. I'm talking about me. But as soon as that situation got a little bit better, I found myself sliding back over into it. And if it wasn't exactly that, it was still the similar situation that I should have, have already held on to the principle and really shown God how much I appreciated his amazing grace by not going back to that thing. I'm talking about me. I jacked some stuff up and I asked God to fix it. But he has already fixed it. But we have to keep ourselves in line with his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go uh, keep moving. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 in the Amplified. For it is by grace God's remarkable compassion remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. It said God's remarkable, remarkable compassion. That means that it is extraordinary. That's not something that's ordinary. God's compassion for you is over-the-top amazing. It is a wonder in my soul. I'm talking about for me. When I think about all of the times I could disappoint God, I could go my own way, 
You know, I don't know about some of you all, but I've had my prodigal daughter story. You know, the prodigal son, he's like, give me everything. I want my stuff. But, Dad, he took all his stuff, and what did he do? He went righteous living. He did everything he could think of under the sun. And he had a whole lot of friends around. I was like, oh, yeah, you can get that. Oh, yeah, you can do this. Oh, yeah, can I hold a little something, something? I'll pay you back. And when he had a need, crickets. He searched all over, couldn't find nobody. He looked high and low. He couldn't find nobody because he was looking for man. But the word reminds us that when he came to himself, because he was at the point of eating out of the pig's trough, and then something kicked and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why have I gone this far? What is the matter with me? In my father's house, there are so many servants. I have everything that I need under the umbrella of obedience to his word. Why am I out here like this? He came to himself. That means he got his righteous mind back and he said, let me go home. And some of you online, maybe today is that day you need to think about, let me come on home. Because I can tell you there are some people who have gotten really mad at God during this pandemic. They've gotten really mad at God. They've gone through some things and they was like, God, why did you let this happen to me? And they haven't thought about the fact I've been on the planet for 72 years. And I'm not in a nursing home. I can still drive my car and live in my own house and take care of myself. Maybe my money is tight, but there is still grace. There is still provision. And I implore you, if you're sitting in that situation, whether you be in the worship center or whether you be online, I want you to look back over your life and think about how God has kept you from danger seen and unseen. I want you to think about all of the things that you could get up and do that you didn't even think about, that you didn't even ask God. God, when I fall asleep, would you let me breathe during the night? God, would you help me get up and use the bathroom if I wake up? God, will you still let me have the faculty to be able to press the button to start my car? Would you help me keep my mind so that I can drive to church? And will you help me not have mismatched socks so that I can get dressed appropriately? I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, there are like thousands of things that we do each day, and we don't even say, thank you, God, for your amazing grace. Thank you, God, for your amazing love. What if we only got today what we thank God for yesterday? How many of us would be here? You don't have to answer. But that's what makes God's grace so amazing. Because he doesn't hold us hostage to all of the things that we get right. He says, did you receive my love? Did you receive my son Jesus? Did you do that? Did you? Receive Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue with verse 9. And it says, this grace, 
This undeserved gracious gift of God is not a result of your work nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for salvation. We don't have to work for God's grace. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to work for God's love. And I think that's one of the things that is so amazing about God, that he doesn't make us work or strive for it. He gives it to us freely because he is God and God is love. He gives it to us. When I think about the grace of God, I think about his steadfast, unchanging, unconditional love. Amazing grace, amazing love. God's amazing grace is God's amazing love. God's amazing love is God's amazing grace. Whether you say it backward or forwards, his grace and his love, it is amazing. It is unconditional acceptance, something that is unlike human love. I want you all to think about this. Have you ever had to work for acceptance, approval, a validation in a relationship? Hmm, maybe you had to, you were the new kid on the block. I remember as an educator, you know, all of the new teachers, you kind of get dumped on. They give you the worst students. You know, it was this kind of trial by fire. You got to prove yourself. I've been doing this, now it's your turn. Or maybe, you know, you are in a relationship and you keep thinking, why am I not enough? If you're in a relationship, even those of you who are online, if you are thinking, why am I not enough? You need to say, fix it, Jesus, fix it, and run fast. Because you should never be in a relationship, even if it's a friendship, where you feel like you're not enough. Now, if you're married, I'm not telling anybody to go get divorced. The both of you probably need to sit down and get some counseling so you can learn how to show appreciation to one another and express things in the love language of your partner. Because a lot of times with our love language, we want to love people the way we receive love. But everybody doesn't like gifts. Some people like words of affirmation. So you have to, if you are married, or if you are in a relationship, you have to find out, even if it's a friendship, what does that person like? How do they receive love so that you can speak to them? But when God gave us Jesus, guess what he did? He gave us amazing love that speaks to us on whatever our love language is. Whatever it is. He gave it to us. And you think about in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. We got benefits with God's love. He doesn't hold things over our head. He doesn't have that laundry list of everything that we have done. He heals us. He forgives us. He delivers us. And thank God he doesn't keep a laundry list like some of our friends. 
And some of you are in a marriage where you are the keeper of the laundry list. Anytime you have a disagreement, you're not talking about the present situation. You're going to go way back. You remember that time you did X, Y, Z and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
And I'm going to say it because I'm single and I'm waiting until I get married. I'm a born-again virgin. That means I had some slip-ups, but I said, God, I'm going to honor you with my body. This is for somebody, and I'm going to wait until I get married. And I had students who would talk about things, and I said, well, what, at what point did you not know the pants were coming down? At what point did you not know the skirt was coming up? Grown folks, I'm just saying, you can't say it just happened. You're making rapid decisions. So keep yourself in a safe environment that you can date godly and honor God in your relationship. I have to say, and I say, God, I love you so much that I know if I did something I didn't need to in this relationship, that it will hurt you so bad. And I don't want to do that because your love for me is amazing. Your grace toward me is amazing. But when you think about how much God loves you, Mm, mm, mm. Woo, it's amazing. But let's talk about what we're supposed to do with it. John, let's have a look at John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 in the New King James Version. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you love people, then you're showing them me. But notice what he said. He said, love folks the way I love you. You remember a couple of minutes ago when I told you to think about the way Jesus loves you? Now be honest with yourself, even those of you online. Put your thinking cap on. Who experiences your love the way Jesus loves you? Is it your children? When they're not getting on your last nerve? Your wife? Your husband? Your best friend? Those who do something for you? What about the people who cut you off in traffic? What about customer no service? You're on the line. You need help and they can't answer any questions. And you just realize you spent 42 minutes and 39 seconds for nothing. And when the person comes back on the line, parting the weight, but we're still trying to get in contact with upper level management. Well, I'm tired of this. And you just railing. I'm just asking who experiences your love the way Jesus loves you. Because remember, I believe we all clearly understand that God's grace is amazing. That God's love is amazing. So who experiences the love of Jesus through you? They're like, wow, that is, you got it, amazing. Let's have a look at John chapter 15 verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's what he said. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Let's go ahead to John chapter 15. Just go down a little bit. John chapter, I'm sorry, verse 17. 
This is what I command you, that you have love for one another. Notice Jesus is still saying love people, love one another. This is how folks know you have Jesus, not the big Bible you carry, not the praise and worship stations that only play in your car, not how often you come to church or you log online or you tell people I'm in the connect group or I serve on the dream team. How are you loving when people come in contact with you? What are they coming in contact with? Love, amazing love, or something else? You can't get tired of loving people. Is your love like a faucet? You can turn it on and you can turn it off. How many people get in those warm discussions in the car? But when we walk in those church doors, I'm blessed and highly favored. Got that mask on. How y'all doing? God is good, ain't it? Showing up good. You blankety blank. What? But guess who? Holy Spirit is right there. Your husband should receive love the way Jesus loves you. Your children should receive love the way Jesus loves you. Those people who cut you off in traffic, customer no service, the people you come in contact with should receive love that, ha that gives them an evidence that you know Jesus. Verse 18 says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. But I'm still commanding you to walk in love. I'm still commanding you to walk in love regardless of what you get from other people. You want to talk about how people are doing you wrong? Did anybody say crucify him to you? Have you got up on the cross lately and had nails in your hand? He said, love folks, because think about it. My love, my grace for you, it is amazing. So you love people the way I have loved you. A commandment is an order an injunction given by a person of authority, and it requires obedience. It says it requires obedience. When you tell your children to clean their room, I mean, you want them to clean their room without you having to ask them again and again, right? Praise team, I want you to come on and get ready, please. Jesus commanded us to walk in love. It wasn't a suggestion he was giving us a commandment, and it requires obedience. So you have to love without compromising or retreating. Let's have a look at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 in the New King James Version. It says, when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die. Nobody's going to die hardly for someone who's not unrighteous. Yet perhaps for a good man, somebody might think about it. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amazing love requires death. Jesus got up on the cross. That's how amazing God's love was. 
In his word, he tells us, if any man will follow after me or be my disciple, take up your cross daily and follow me. So that means that amazing grace requires death, a stinky, stink attitude, griping and complaining. Always got something negative to say. Taking shortcuts and doing the wrong thing. Throwing rocks and hiding your hand. Being judgmental. Amazing grace requires death to anything that is not like the love of God in you. It must die. God's grace is amazing. God's love is amazing. What do you need to kill so that those around you can experience amazing grace and amazing love? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Minister Kimberly said in order to properly respond to that grace and that love, something has to die. So let's take a moment all over this room, those of you that are online. You may need to close your eyes and evaluate. When was the last time you put something on the altar? saying earlier that my response to his grace is hallelujah but something has to die in order for your hallelujah to have power what an awesome savior you Overwhelmed by the power of your love I could never repay all you've done So my heart is yours forever And every day of my life I'll give you more Every day of my life I'll give you everything that you deserve. And every day of my life, I'll give you more. Every day of my life, I'll give you everything that you Give you all of me. I'll give you everything you deserve it. You deserve it. I give you all of me. I'll give you
I'm holding nothing back. Everything, all I am, belongs to you forever. I'm holding nothing back. I'm holding nothing back. Everything. For your amazing grace 
and your amazing love. I confess that Jesus died for my sins. He arose and is alive right now. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and live with me forever. And as a result of what I have confessed with my mouth and in my heart, I'm right now born again or in right standing with God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.